What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, your Sunday night recap of Week 9, where Josh Allen, the defender, outscored Josh Allen, the quarterback, where Jordan Love outscored Patrick Mahomes, and where Elijah Moore outscored DJ Moore. And every other wide receiver going into Sunday Night Football, Elijah Moore, is wide receiver one in Week 9. Week 9 is not our favorite week. Boo, week died. What a weird week, huh? Weird week. It's huh? Terrible week. Terrible, <laughs> terrible week. There, there were some entertaining games, but it really felt like the worst week of the year. And I think it was because there was a lot of terrible quarterback play. And it's not just the guys that you knew were going to be bad, like like Jordan Love or you know, any of the other, you know, backup types, but also Josh Allen, miserable. Patrick Mahomes, miserable. Kyler Murray, at least you knew to bench him. There was just there, there was horrible, horrible quarterback play throughout much of week nine. Yeah. Except for Thursday night. Heath looks pissed <laughs> at week nine. You know, in years past, when a week like this happened, who am I kidding? You, I'm not sure a week like this has ever really happened. Um, I I might have come on a little bit salty because I lost more than I won because both of my uh, remaining undefeated teams are in serious jeopardy. Uh oh. Because Patrick Mahomes is apparently no longer good at football, but I'm going to try <laughs> to just be a positive person. And I think I just had a really good tweet in promoting this show. And so I, I'm just going to try to focus on the positives this week and not get too down. Congratulations, Adam, on your just blowout victory in the two QB league. I started Patrick Mahomes and Jordan Love. That worked out well. <laughs> uh, Dave, taking me down, taking down the first place team in the auction, our auction league. Um, congratulations on that victory. Right. And um, I'm just going to try to be strong. Thank you, Heath. And you know what? I'm going to let you continue that with uh, the biggest winner of week, <laughs> the biggest winner, LOL, of week nine. Well, look, I think one of the reasons why week nine feels so bad, honestly, is because the Jaguars beat the Bills. And it's just, it, it almost. That was honestly maybe my favorite part of week nine. But it's like, just, maybe my favorite thing that happened in week nine was the joy on the faces of those Jacks. But it was kind of what happened in most of my fantasy leagues. Like every league where I had a good team, I was the Bills facing Jacksonville, (laughs) 
and I lost. Oh man. All right. So who's the biggest winner this week other than Urban Meyer? Um, I think what I sent in was everyone who faced me, but honestly, my biggest winner was probably Devontae Freeman because coming out of the bye, he was pretty clearly the lead back. And for most of the game, we did see a little bit of Tyson Williams, but mostly just on plays where they didn't want the running back to touch the ball. Um, <laughs> Devontae Freeman was the lead back, and it was a two-back committee with him and Le'Veon Bell, who also didn't look bad. I think 13 carries, three targets for Freeman. If that holds steady, and if the Baltimore Ravens season tells us anything, it's that we shouldn't make too much out of one week. But if that holds steady, then Freeman is a borderline top 25 running back rest of season. As silly as that sounds, it's true. He played 58% of the snaps. That was a season high for him. And I, I thought he looked good. I agree. I thought Le'Veon also looked good. We don't know when Latavius Murray is going to come back. And when he does come back, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, it shouldn't matter. For him. Why? Well, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Maybe it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. But okay. But then, it might then there's matter. There's no, no need to correct me. No, no, no. But it, but it might matter. You know, it might matter. Right. I, you know, we don't know what they're going to do. Latavius no. was Latavius was I would say their number one guy before he got hurt. Is that fair but, to say? Yeah, and I, he was leading the run game. I, I would say by all Adam Azer Azer measurements, their oh. worst running back yeah. they've oh. played so far this season. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. All right, uh, yeah, and you know I I didn't see him in any of our winners or losers, but I would say similar kind of win for Eli Mitchell. He only got eight carries if you saw the box score. Well, they only had nine running back carries. Nothing for Jeff Wilson. One, I think, for Hasty. So it was all Mitchell. He also had some catches. So at least five targets and five catches. Yeah, right now it looks like he's still their number one guy. Maybe that changes as yeah. Wilson gets a little healthier, but that, that, that was encouraging. Dave, who's the biggest loser of week nine? The biggest loser of week nine, I'm going to put it on DJ Moore, who... I, we, we talked about it late in the week, Adam. We were nervous about what we were going to get out of him. Patriots, forget about the Patriots doing something to take him away. Sam Darnold did a lot to take him away. Darnold was miserable. There's already chatter coming out of Carolina that Darnold's going to get benched. Matt Rule talked about after the game that they can't just keep putting the ball, uh, the ball in the air like they um, like they did. And I don't, I don't know if P.J. Walker is going to be a better thing for D.J. Moore moving forward. And Moore's really been not great, honestly, for the majority of the year, but especially the last several weeks. Yeah, he, he and I really think, what do you think? I think it's just basically a Darnold thing because he leads the team in receiving on a weekly basis. It's just Darnold threw for 172 yards, and that's been one of his better games lately. You're lucky as heck if he gets to 200 yards. He doesn't throw touchdowns anymore. Uh, he did not, He by the way, he did not lead the team in, rece- in receiving. McCaffrey did. Um, no, no, McCaffrey did. But he led the team in targets. Yards. Yeah, but he led the team in targets. But yeah, I don't Remember know. The Panthers were undefeated. <laughs> but the thing is, it's just, I mean, to me, I guess it's just a, a quarterback issue. Is that how you see it? But a big I one. think that has clearly a lot to do with it. Yeah. yeah but they're, they're still going to run into some tough defenses here the rest of the way. And eventually, Terrace Marshall's going to get a look. And McCaffrey's back. That's going to take some work away from the passing game just in general. Like, the best way to hide your quarterback's mistakes is to run the football. We're going to see Carolina try and do some of that. I don't know if they've got the offensive line to really let McCaffrey break out and have a monster year. But I'm not feeling good about DJ Moore if I've got him on my team. Like, 
I know I do this kind of thing a lot and it's just fantasy world and it won't actually happen even though I know I don't know why it won't actually happen. Why don't the Panthers call Cam? Yeah, I don't know. I I think you know the answer. Like Cam's been not very good the last couple of times he's played quarterback. Cam Newton's never been as bad as Sam Darnold's been the last 3 or 4 games. Yeah, prob- probably not. I would say you're absolutely right about that. Bad Cam Newton is an upgrade over what they're getting right now. Yeah. Right, but bad And you probably Cam sell some jerseys. It, sure, it could be a wonderful business. I don't know how many jerseys they'll sell. A lot of people already have Cam Newton jerseys. Well, he can wear a new number. I don't <laughs> you can choose whatever happen. number. He wore like 99 or something. Choose whatever number you want. All yeah, right. I, I, I just think that the coaching staff feels like they didn't want him. And how big of an upgrade would he be over... PJ Walker and Sam Darnold. Let's face it; it's not going to be enough to turn around the Panthers' season. All right, let's well, go. Let's go. Who, who cares? Hey, who cares? Who cares about stop embarrassing yourselves. They they, they stink. Uh, Fantasy football today is now on Amazon Alexa Flash Briefings. You can ask Alexa to add CBS Sports Fantasy Football today to your Alexa Flash Briefing. Good stuff. Another great way to access our show. Now we got the big news for you here, and thankfully, the one good thing about Week Nine is we don't have awful injuries. Um, Shouldn't have said that with two games left, should I have? But the Raiders are signing Deshaun Jackson. Does that uh, does that do anything for you guys? Raiders signing Deshaun Jackson? It, I thought it was interesting because it, it probably means they're not signing Odell Beckham, right? I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I guess not. They're certainly not going to put in the waiver claim for him. Unless they are. Carr needs him. But I would be surprised if they did that. Carr needs him. Yeah, I think you got the be offense needs a little it. worried. The offense needs a burner. Take the top off. But also, and we can talk about this more when we talk about the Raiders game. Like Carr was also just bad today, and I think the, the Raiders have a pretty built-in excuse as as rough as their season has been with things that are beyond their control. At least the guys that are there now. Um, but he just blatantly missed Waller multiple times yeah. for touchdowns, easy touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, they played a great team. I'll give him a little bit of a break here. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott hurt his knee, but he returned to the game. Yeah. Uh, was- congrats, congrats! <laughs> got, re- removed any chance of getting a top five pick, so we can uh, solve that problem. Nope, we got the Bears pick. Don't worry. All right, Josh <laughs> Jacobs and Kenyon Drake both got a little dinged up in this game. Uh, Jacobs came back in when Drake hobbled off. Probably okay. They got a big game against the Chiefs next week. That Jacobs de- was running hot early in that game, mm-hmm. and then and then he Drake sure was. was yeah. Uh, Zach Moss left with a concussion. That's probably the biggest news right now. Devin Singletary, 75% rostered. Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen. Josh Allen intercepted Josh Allen, and Josh Allen recovered a Josh Allen fumble. Uh, very Dave, fun stuff. You, re- you remember when they used to do the um, wrestling retirement matches? I was thinking after the sack that this should have been a, a name match where only one of them got to keep the name Josh Allen, and whoever, the other one's was, whoever the won the battle, whoever lost had to change their name. What would Josh Allen, the quarterback's name, have changed to? I, I mean, I think the best thing would have been if he changed his name to Allen Josh. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ramadre Stevenson. Actually, the Patriots got pretty banged up. Stevenson, Damian Harris, Jonu Smith, they all had injuries. And that's going to be pretty interesting when we make our waiver claims on Tuesday. So we'll hopefully get some good news there from New England. Chase Edmonds left with an ankle injury after one touch. Oh, one right, yeah. One snap, Chase. Thankfully, out. no update from Cliff Kingsbury. 
thankfully I only have Chase Edmonds on 14 of my 20 teams. No, so you it don't. Really impact my day. <laughs> no. Do you remember? Do you remember? I don't think it was last year. I think it was two <laughs> years ago when David Johnson played like three or four snaps. Oh yeah. And he hobbled off, and Chase Edmonds came in, and he had a monster game. I think it was against uh, the New York football. It, it sure was. <laughs> and and this is what this game felt like for James Conner. Yeah, James Conner. Except I think James Conner's future trajectory could be better than what Chase Edmonds' trajectory was after that game. Yeah, the next game for Edmonds, he played the Saints, and he had a horrible game. The Saints, though, were, were a tough, tough matchup. James Conner is your number one running back in fantasy. Somebody beat Jonathan Taylor, and it was James Conner with... 96 rushing yards, 77 receiving yards, three total touchdowns. Amazing. I started Chase Edmonds in a league and had James Conner on the bench. So that was fun. I'm sure a lot of people did. One of the more interesting things I heard today, guys, was uh, during the Chargers-Eagles broadcast, announcer Charles Davis said that Mike Williams has been dealing with a knee injury, and they haven't really been talking about it. So we were were worried about him, and rightfully so. We're still very worried about him. Yeah, well, he got. We, look, we knew, especially going up against Darius Slay, but now you get this knee thing, and he did have an end zone target on the opening drive. He couldn't come down with it. He had a catch, or I think it was actually incomplete at the one yard line on the next play, but only five targets in a bad game for uh, Williams. And that's it for the news and no. We got a few more news items a little bit later, but that's the big news. Meanwhile, your mega duds. So I got a bunch of mega duds here, guys who had terrible games. I want you to tell me who you're worried about going forward. All right, we'll start with three quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Josh Allen. All of them scoring about 11, 9 to 12 points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Mahomes with 12, Allen with 9, Carr with 11. And if you have Daryl Williams, by the way, it was pretty frustrating because he got stopped at the goal line twice before Mahomes' only touchdown pass. So Mahomes could have had an even worse game. Anyway, he also got stopped at the goal line on a when they, when they settled for a field goal. He had three times, I think, he was tackled inside the two-yard line. Mm, he's the headliner of the almost touchdowns. Uh, but Mahomes, Allen, and Carr, Mega Duds, who are you worried about going forward, Dave? I am... I'm not worried about Derek Carr because I don't have to make lineup decisions on him except in two quarterback and super flex leagues. If I need a bye week replacement quarterback, I'm not going to be ready to trust Derek Carr anytime soon. Mahomes, I am definitely worried about. This has been three straight weeks, sub-20 fantasy point performances. Defenses are consistently finding ways to limit him. He's making sloppy mistakes. His protection isn't stellar. There's, there's a lot of trouble going on right now with him. The one I'm least concerned about is Josh Allen. Hopefully he can bounce back from this and come back with a three-touchdown game as soon as next week. All right, Heath, let's talk about Mahomes a little bit here because the the previous four games, now Dave mentioned three because they were three bad fantasy games, but you look at the previous four games for him, his 16-game pace was 4,600 yards, 20 touchdowns, 24 interceptions, but also 548 rushing yards. Now, 4,600 yards is pretty good, but he was averaging 46 pass attempts per game. So the yards per attempt, terrible. 6.25 yards per attempt in his four games before this. I don't even know what it is after this. Um, They keep trying to hit the big plays, and they're consistently (laughs) incomplete. So what do you think about Mahomes going forward? Is he a top-five quarterback going forward? I'm really trying to, like, I don't know. I, I, we had a group chat going with a bunch of my friends. Um, cause you know, I'm from just 20 minutes from Arrowhead 
and uh, my home league, just a big group of guys, and just there's a chat about what's wrong with them, what's going on, and, and the consensus, and what I think it probably is, it seems a lot like the yips. Um, <laughs> Mahomes is just doing uncharacteristically dumb things occasionally, not every play by any means. Kelsey drops two or three passes a game. Sometimes Tyreek drops a pass. Hardman can't hold on to the like. It's like the entire offense is just waiting for what's going to go wrong. And I think it's almost an impossible thing for us or football writers to diagnose. I I don't know when it's going to stop. It might not stop this year. And so I think it probably will. I still think they're probably going to remember how to play football unless we find out that the Monstars stole all of their talent and now they're going to have a game in some faraway planet. But I don't know of any other explanation. Like, they're not this bad. They didn't lose yeah. all of their ability to play good football. The NFL didn't figure out Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. But they are they're, very successfully taking away the big play, and they've always tried to do that, but it's working this time, much more so than in the past. I just, like, watching these games, I do not think it's entirely that defenses are preventing the— because you said it, they're trying to make those plays. Mm -hmm. And often, those throws are hitting receivers' hands. Often mm. it's times where Tyree Kill has beat his man by two steps and Mahomes overthrows him by four feet. Mm, I don't that know. I, I hadn't really seen that as much, I guess. I thought it was double coverage a lot and kind of forcing it just it, because it they, is it is sometimes double coverage and it is sometimes forcing it. Those plays they made over the past two years in yeah. double coverage, in forcing it, and they're just not making any of them at all. It's really interesting, Dave. You know, it kind of reminds me of how many times did people say Tom Brady's done? And every time he's, he showed you he wasn't. Um, but I don't right. know what you do here. You know, do you just roll out? Your, obviously, Kelsey and Hill. I know Hill didn't have a great game. He still had a ton of targets. Kelsey responded. I know everybody's going to start them. But just... I, mean, start we can, I was trying to kind of beat around the bush, too, because the headliner for Believe It or Not tomorrow, I was going to wait until we got to the game, but I'll just do it now. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is no longer a must-start quarterback. What do you think? I'm not ready to I'm not ready to believe that. I'm not ready to I, I it's so hard to put a guy who as recently as five or six weeks ago was putting up huge fantasy numbers. Yeah. Putting that guy on your bench is a risk. It is it, it obviously comes down to who you're starting over him. Well, let's and go. Oh, you, sorry. Go, no, I mean you if you want to start naming names, you can. But if you want to be encouraged, it's that. I would think that the Chiefs by now are understanding that they've got to do something to at least make it so that not every single game they're in is tight and that they're making self-inflicted mistakes. Their schedule for the rest of the season, I think, is mostly good. Like, they've got Las Vegas next week. That's a team that's got a pretty decent pass rush, but their secondary isn't good. They've got Dallas. Their defense is starting to fall apart a little bit the week after that. And then they're in a bye in week 12. So uh, well, let me, I, let I don't me know. Give you, is, I don't know if these next two games are are the right time to say, "All right, let's get away from Mahomes and let's just pretend he's on bye for the next three weeks." No, you can consider what other options you have at quarterback, but I don't know if I'd feel really good sitting somebody with that type of upside on a fantasy bench. All right, so I'm just going to give you quarterbacks for rest of season versus Patrick Mahomes. If I guarantee you that Aaron Rodgers plays next week, hmm. would you rather have Rodgers or Mahomes? No. I'll take Rodgers home against Seattle. No, no, no. no rest, rest of the season. season. 
Oh, I thought you said you're guaranteeing. Oh, I see. I mean, he's back. So yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Rodgers is a pretty easy win for me because he's been a low end number one quarterback this season. Right, not not do if you, you don't really include Week One. The dream of Mahomes. He's been I mean, about he had 19 fantasy points last week. Top he's six, I think, and he didn't have Devontae Adams. He's got two weeks this season as a top five quarterback. Yeah, but but I think if you look, if you're willing to exclude Week One, he's a top six quarterback. And if you're willing to exclude Week One and the Devontae Adams this week, he's probably even better than that. Can we take out Patrick Mahomes' two worst weeks and see what he is? Whatever you want, but I think I think it's pretty I think it's pretty reasonable to at least get rid of the game without Devontae Adams, but. But uh, all right, fine. That one seems pretty close. Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, who throws 15 oh. times a game now. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes or Justin Hurts, Herbert? Another one going in the wrong direction. Did you say Herbert? Yeah. I think I'm still. Oh, this is tough. I kind of like Herbert. I really do. But I, I don't want to trust him when there's a tough matchup. And I still think he's got. A handful of tough matchups left. More than Mahomes. I'll say Mahomes. What did you say, Heath? I I I didn't hear the third name. I'm sorry. Oh, Herbert. Justin Herbert. Herbert. Mahomes. All right. All right. Let's go to the mega so running Mahomes is the top five ish type of fantasy quarterback. Heavy on the ish. Seems that way. Okay, let's go to the uh mega dud running backs now. Mega dud running backs. Boston Scott. 10 carries for 40 oh. yards. Jordan Howard led the way with 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell barely got any touches, but he scored. Um, I think, is that my only Mega Dud running back? It, had to be it was also my only loser, so we can just cover both those segments all at once. All right, go for it. Um, and I don't want any, I'm not trying to take any credit, but this is what I was scared of with Boston Scott, was just that Jordan Howard didn't do much in the first half last week, but gained more YPC for life than Boston Scott last week, and they gave him that many touches in his first game back. And so I just didn't feel confident in who was going to be the lead back. And I think Scott actually started out, but Jordan Howard's first two carries went for 26 yards. Yep. It's not as if they're being dumb and just saying, we're going to run slow Jordan Howard at three yards per carry, and we don't want to play our good running back. Jordan Howard's outperforming Boston Scott. And in fairness, if you were to go back and just didn't know anything about football and you looked at Jordan Howard's pro football reference player page and Boston Scott's, you would assume Jordan Howard's going to be the starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles and not Boston Scott. So I think that he just like, he's just not, they don't view him as good as Jordan Howard. Okay. I don't know if they necessarily view him as not as good as Jordan Howard, but there's no question who the better running back was in this game. And you saw it right away. You mentioned it, Jordan Howard, his first two carries, he looked good. And I just think that, that was a hot hand type deal. And uh, that's, I, I really think it's that simple. That well, Boston Scott just did not get off to a good start. And Jordan Howard did. And Howard ended up being the better fantasy running back. What was weird was that they both played uh, eight second half snaps each. And Gainwell, I believe, had like in the neighborhood of seven to 11. I don't have the exact number in front of me. But Gainwell really did not play much in the first half. And then he was the guy that was just in at when they got near the goal line in the second half, and Gainwell punched it in and said, well, they, they were playing from behind the whole second half, right? Sure, but Gainwell mm. only played 19% of the snaps. It was a pretty close game, though. I mean, yeah, but it was, you know, it was... It and Scott was led the way back and forth. And I think that's the problem for Howard 
is if they get down two scores in a game, I'm not sure we see Jordan. Now. So are you going to start any any uh, Eagles running back next week against the Broncos at, at Denver? Jordan Howard will be a high in flex. Agreed. All right, right. Megadud wide receivers. Any any long-term issues with these guys? Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Adam Thielen, Jamar Chase, Cortland Sutton. So we got the two two Cowboys. Sorry, I'll just recap. Two Cowboys guys, Thielen, who did catch a touchdown, but only had six yards, Jamar Chase, and Cortland Sutton. I think I should definitely just call Adam Thielen a... um, Touchdown dependent flex again, so he can go catch seven mm. passes for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I don't know. He, I don't think I really like. I have the most concern about Thielen, I think, but I'm mostly just going to start all these guys. Okay, I'm concerned the most about Sutton. Oh yeah, Sutton. I think you're Sutton's not the biggest start him. worry guy here. The fact that he only had two targets. I thought Jerry looked good. Jerry Judy looked good again. Just didn't come through with, you know, a touchdown or, you know, a 60 yard pass or anything like that. Tim Patrick had a real nice game. Uh, and then he got hurt in the second half. Sutton's a good player, but he's he's not the clear number one guy that Bridgewater is just going to keep throwing to over and over again. Okay. I think Tim Patrick, by the way, had cramps. It was reported after the game. So he seems okay and never drops, never drops anything. He, just sure-handed guy. Uh, okay, let's go to our winners and losers. This is a bit of a surprise, and it's not a spoiler for anyone. First carry of the game for the Titans goes to Adrian Peterson. Is that a surprise? I kind of figured that Jeremy McNichols would at least, like, he's been on the team for more than four days. I thought they might give him the first touch. No way, man. I knew it was going to be Peterson. Oh, I wish we had bet that. I'm sure, I could say that now, right? I knew it was good all along. I knew it. First catch to A.J. Brown. I would have guessed that, too. Okay, let's do some winners and losers here. Heath gave Who us... Who will have the last carry for the Titans of the, among their running backs? Oh, no, it'll be a Ryan Tannehill kneel down. No, 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 no. upset yes. victory. No, I'm not including Tannehill. <laughs> no, I just picked up to win. Give me a break. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be Peterson, last carry. Okay. Okay, winners. So Heath already gave us Devontae Freeman. There's another Devontae. That had a huge game, started in only 40% of leagues. Devontae Smith had 116 yards on only six targets. And I don't remember off the top of my head how many yards Jalen Hurts threw for, but it was like 150 or 60 or something. And uh, and uh, <laughs> that was a not a good... I don't think we're going to get the kneel down after that play. 162. 162. 116 of them to Devontae Smith. Heath, throw him back in your lineup at Denver next week. Not just like without any hesitation. I, I would guess I'm going to have him as a borderline number two wide receiver. It was just good to see him have some success with Jalen Hurts, to see Dallas. It wasn't good to see Dallas Goddard struggle, but to see Dallas Goddard not completely dominate all production in the passing game, because this does look like they've made a shift to a more run-heavy approach, at least for the time being. Oh, and yeah. so it's okay for them to be a run-heavy offense if it's concentrated targets between Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard as the one and the two. It was a problem if Dallas Goddard was the clear 25% George Kittle, Travis Kelsey target share getter, and Smith was just uh, an afterthought. And I, I think this type of production keeps him in that one-two combo range and not the afterthought range. 
Okay. Talk the to, Eagles hold on, over Dave. the last three weeks, Adam, listen to this. Last three weeks against Las Vegas, 18 running back carries. Against Detroit, blowout win for them, 37 running back carries. In this loss against the Chargers, 29 running back carries for the Philadelphia Eagles. Heath is 100% right. They are learning to lean on their ground game. And I think they are learning that Jalen Hurts doesn't need to have the entire weight of the offense put on his shoulders for them to be competitive. So I, I don't know how big of a winner Devontae Smith is, but at least for another week or two, you'll probably feel okay flexing him. Well, no, because if they really are going to be this committed to the run, then I'm actually going to be discouraged by not his game, not Smith's game, but the fact that Jalen Hurts has, I think, 31 pass attempts in his last two games. I think that's extremely low, and there's no way that's going to... Yeah, you know what? It's considering... Smith gets such a big share of the targets. I guess he doesn't need to throw that much. But he can't throw 17 times. If you tell me he's going to throw 17 times, I'd be nervous about it. Give me like 24 at least. All right. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, 50% rostered. And six catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Let's pair him with a, a winner for Dave, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 29% rostered. I am I am sure that even Dave would prefer Ayuk to Peoples-Jones. But... Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think. Do you think that there's going to be Heath? You can start for for both Ayuk and Peoples Jones. You know, a good second half here. I think there could be, but Peoples Jones is going to be a little bit more boom busty and a better best ball play. But for me, the Peoples Jones thing is more about. I feel like there's a little bit of upside there for dynasty purposes. Now, there's a little bit of long term hope for Donovan Peoples Jones as a fantasy asset for Ayuk. I and dumb me i thought coming into this year he was their number one wide receiver he kind of looked like their number one wide like he looked like the guy we thought he was in this game and that's probably going to be a problem for devo samuel now that george kittle's back if brandon Ayuk's going to play this well not that samuel can't be good but if it's a three-headed attack in the passing game especially if they go to trey lance and it's a problem for everybody yeah but very very good for Ayuk that he's at least back in the conversation Okay. Uh, Dave, your winners are Connor, Drake, and Peoples-Jones, if you want to add anything there. Well, Drake just got a decent amount of work in the passing game. I think we know what his role is. So if you're in a PPR league, I think you can at least consider Drake as a flexible option. And we know that Jacobs misses <laughs> flexible time. Flexible option. So I like it, that. Hmm? I like that flexible option. I've never really heard anybody call it that. Well, you know. But he's a little for, banged for up, right? The, for us in the aerobics world, we, we have terms like <laughs> all the time is he a little beat up yeah he got drained up i didn't think it was anything if he's okay serious. to play next week against the chiefs would that be flexual healing <laughs> uh, i yes. don't have a good one for that um people's <laughs> joke 16 routes run on 23 dropbacks for baker mayfield this is the new number two receiver number one on the outside for cleveland he's going to be the one replacing odell beckham I'm not going to get excited over the play that he made for the big touchdown. It's nice that he's got that type of potential to do that. I'll be more excited in games where I think that Baker Mayfield will have to throw a bit more, and there's a chance for him to come up with maybe six or seven targets, four or five catches, be useful. I don't mind stashing him on the bench, but you're right, Adam. I do like Ayuk better. Yeah. There is still the question. There is still the question about how good Ayuk will be when the 49ers inevitably turn to Trey Lance. And that question can also go toward Debo Samuel and George Kittle. We've, we've, we've really, it really wasn't until this week where we were really like, or at least I was, I'll speak for myself, where I was like, all right, 
Debo is what he is. And Debo Samuel, if you've got him on your team, you shouldn't try and get rid of him. Now he's the most obvious sell-high receiver that's out there because eventually Lance will be the quarterback. We know that the passing game won't be as good, and there's more mouths to feed with Kittle healthy and with Ayuk starting to step up. Okay. Uh, buy or sell, Baker Mayfield is about become about to become fantasy relevant now that Odell Beckham is off the team. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if he became a streamable fantasy quarterback, but not somebody I'm comfortable starting ahead of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, this week it would have been a good move. We'll go, <laughs> we'll go to the fantasy losers in just a moment after we take a quick break here on fantasy football today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back with our big losers from week nine. DJ Moore for Dave. We already talked about him. Kadarius Tony, 72% rostered. Goodbye. Bye coming up. And not much reason to keep him, I guess. Uh, we'll let Dave tell you that. And Marvin Jones, same situation. Marvin Jones, at least, was wide open for a touchdown. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was. missed him. So, okay, we talked about DJ Moore. Do you think Tony and J- Marvin Jones are droppable? I think Jones will start getting dropped in more leagues as more and more people race to get Elijah Moore, Brandon Ayuk, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jordan Howard. He's going to be an expendable player. He's a good player, but he's on a Jacksonville offense that just isn't dynamic. Maybe toward the end of the year, we turn back to Marvin Jones, but for now, I don't think you have to roster him. And I think there's definitely uh, the end of the honeymoon period for Kadarius Toney. I want to see him make some big plays with Daniel Jones. We haven't been able to see much of that. I know he's an exciting player, but he's not getting the job done, and he is a rookie wide receiver that maybe we got a little too excited about. When not, he, not he me. <laughs> no, you're not I me, don't right? understand. And, like, it was just – I mean, it was kind of two games, but really it was the one game that was – like six players have ever done this before. But 
it really you're talking about the like, Cowboys game, the 10 189. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that he was the sixth rookie wide receiver to ever have at least 180 wide re- receiving yards in a game. Mm-hmm. Right. But it really does seem like the Giants just view him as clearly behind Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. He's their fourth best wide receiver at best. Yeah. And I, none of those guys have ever had 10 for a 189 in a game, much less the rookie season. Why don't you play this guy and throw it to him more? It would make sense. And maybe they come out of their bye week in week 10, putting him in that type of a role, but especially now that he's going into his bye. And then they're at Tampa Bay the week after that. No one's going to be excited to hang on to Kadarius Tony. No one will prioritize hanging on to Kadarius Tony. So you should expect yeah. him to hit the waiver wire in a bunch of leagues. And, you know, if you want the snap counts, it's just really weird. And you just you wonder if health is a factor because all three of their top wide receivers, Slayton, Galladay, and Tony, ran, uh, had 31 to 32 snaps and ran 19 or 20 routes and had one or two targets. And what do you like? What do you get? It was just Daniel Jones threw for 110 yards. He threw for 110 yards. He's turning back into a pumpkin. Yes. The offensive line is terrible too. Like it all How really. The Raiders lose to this team. <laughs> Their defense playing a little bit better. Monte you know. I keep that like, in mind. Do you know how dumb this season is? Yeah, this week nine was dumb. All right, uh, this Heath, was the dumbest week of the season. Heath losers are Boston Scott, who we already talked about. Let me see if I can think of some bonus losers. Um, okay, all the losers were hurt or didn't play, and I hate to always say someone's hurt is a loser. How about? <laughs> Javante what about Williams. the Cowboys wide receivers? Uh, we we put them in the we put them in the uh mega that's, duds. And that's the thing that's different. And like when no I say loser, I think someone whose future value took a negative hit today. Uh, yes. And I don't really feel like CD Lamb and Amari Cooper's future value changed today. Oh, I got one. They play the Falcons next week. I got one. Uh Mike Davis. Because Patterson. Yeah, Patterson. I almost said him is a is a true wide receiver, but he also was in in goal the goal situations a lot, if not everyone, then almost everyone. And the reason I was excited about Davis this week, or not excited, but willing to start him as a low end number two in PPR, was because of his involvement in the passing game in the games that Calvin Ridley missed, and the fact that he only had two targets in this game without Calvin Ridley. I'm not really that surprised. He and he and Patterson were both awful running the ball. We didn't expect them to be good running the ball. It's the Saints. Yeah. Um, the fact that they didn't throw it to him, I don't know if that's a product of the fact that they were just it was a different game script than they normally have, and they were ahead for a large part of that game, so they just didn't throw quite as much. Um, but I mean, you can't start Mike Davis with any confidence in any format at this point. But I feel like we've been there for a while. We've seen his playing time decrease slowly since the bye week, and today was the new low, 54% of the snaps. And he's just not getting – he 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 never had a ceiling. His ceiling was 12 PPR yeah. fantasy points. And you Cordero know Patterson just continues to outperform him. You know what changed for me, though, Davis? I think it's now two weeks in a row where Patterson is the goal line or goal-to-go guy where he's just their preferred running back. And you would you would have thought that Mike Davis would at least have that role, but and last week Davis had a pretty good fantasy day, right? Like I mean, nine to twelve points. That's what he gets every week, (laughs) or that's what he's had two in all but two games. But if you can never get the touch, if you rarely get the touchdown, then it's it's frustrating. All right, um, let's go to uh, a few more news items. Kyle Pitts didn't have a great game, but he could have. There was some. 
He had a bad drop on the first play of the game, would have been a big one, had an opportunity for a touchdown. So I don't think I'd be too discouraged. Pitts could have had a much better game statistically. Dave already talked about Carolina's offensive line where they just lost their center for the year to a torn ACL. Two Broncos offensive linemen left with injuries, Graham Glasgow and Bobby Mills. another one. What's that? And they were without their starting left tackle. Oh, right, yeah. And, and they, they whooped. So you knew Dallas. they were going to have a terrible game <laughs> running the ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick Sertan left with a knee injury for Denver too. DJ Moore left but returned. Devontae Booker left, but he says he's fine. But we're you know fingers crossed. Barkley's back after the bye. Green Bay defensive tackle Kenny Clark left in the second quarter. That's a pretty big deal. And Darius Slay limped off late in the third quarter, but almost positive he came back. So the one saving grace for this weird week, the injuries really weren't that bad. Let's go to the games. Jacksonville 9, Buffalo 6. Oh, my goodness. What happened here? Heath, what do we got for Believe It or Not? Oh, good grief. Um, I don't know if I had this one for this game. Believe it or not, basically everyone on Jacksonville is droppable except for James Robinson. Oh, you know. Uh, no. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. Dan Arnold. Dan That's Arnold right. is for real. Hey, Arnold. <laughs> Seven, 60, or, uh, 60 or more yards in three of his last four games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Good job. Lots of targets for him. Extremable tight ends for sure. All right. Uh, would you rather have Conklin, who also is, you know, relevant, or Dan Arnold? Arnold. Arnold. And what about Agnew? Uh, any People's Jones or Agnew? Agnew dropped a touchdown. Like a 40 mm. yard touchdown. Yes, he did. One of the I best rather, throws the Jacksonville quarterbacks made of the day it was CJ Beathard. <laughs> it's true. Uh, was it Beathard or was it? I think it was Beathard. I think that was during the period of time when Lawrence was out. Beathard completed both of his throws. He only threw well, two passes. Sure. So he yeah. is lying to us. Wow. Must have been a penalty on the play. <laughs> uh, I think if I had to move forward with one guy, I think I'd rather have Peoples Jones. Adam, you were right. Thank you, Heath. I appreciate that. I think there was a penalty <laughs> on the play. All right. Uh, there might have been. C.J. Beathard in Are there- two completions had more yards than Sam Darnold had in the first half. So, okay. <laughs> for for the Bills, believe it or not, oh, man. But believe it or not, Cole, you should not drop Cole Beasley. He only had 33 yards, but he had his fifth game of the year with seven or more catches, and he's 92% rostered. So believe it or not, you should hang on to Cole Beasley. If it's a non-PPR league, you can let go of Cole Beasley. I've got about half a full PPR league. You can hang on to him. Oh, Believe it or not, if Zach Moss is out next week, you're starting Devin Singletary. Uh, That's not a better one. That is an easy one. Believe it, of course. You believe it? Okay. I believe it. They play the Jets. And he got like four carries today. Um, well, they were bad game in weird Josh Allen mode. Uh, yeah, that, I, yeah, no, I just start Singletary. You have a better game, game script than he had against Jacksonville. <laughs> I was joking. Uh, Singletary's been pretty good without Zach Moss over the last two years. Week one, he had mm-hmm. uh, 80 total yards, only 11 carries, but 72 yards on those three catches. All right, uh, let's go on to Denver-Dallas. Denver 30, Dallas 16. Broncos had the ball for 41 minutes and 12 seconds. Dallas barely had the ball in this game. What do we got, Heath? Um, believe it or not, the transition has happened. Javante Williams is better than Melvin Gordon rest of the season. <laughs> whether whether I believe it or not, I don't think the Broncos believe it. 
the Broncos were thrilled to have both of them play well. They basically split snaps. This was the closest they've been in three weeks in terms of Javante started. Sharing. He did, but Melvin Gordon still played a ton. I believe he played a little bit more than Javante. They I, both had the same amount of snaps inside of 10 yards, and I'm almost positive Melvin Gordon played more in passing situations. I think the big problem for Javante, if I remember correctly, Melvin got a carry from the one, got stuffed, lost two yards, got back to the three, scored on the next play. Yes. Javante got a carry from the one, got stuffed, got another one from the one, got stuffed. Yep. Yeah. I, I worry that he the next carry from the one goes to Melvin Gordon. I think it probably does, but then the one after that might go to <laughs> Javante. I don't know that they have much of a rhyme or reason because there was a stretch where Javante Williams had three or more catches in five straight games. That, that just ended yeah. with the last two games, and now he's barely involved in the passing game. So it doesn't make any sense. And he's, look, you got to be excited from a dynasty standpoint because he makes big plays every game, it seems. Um, but I, I I don't feel any more confident starting him this week than I did last week. Then I, you know, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't feel any more confident starting him next week than I did this week. So uh, they've got the Eagles. It's going to be interesting how that offensive line looks against Philadelphia. Then they've got a buy after that. I think these they're both fine as number two fantasy running backs, but no one's really jazzed to start either one, uh, unless you know you lose sight of the. Don't forget the fact that you might have lost Derrick Henry or another stud running back along the way, and these are the running backs you have left. You should be happy to have them at this point. And as far as the Cowboys go, we still feel pretty good about all their stud uh, yes. skills. I, I would expect bounce backs all around against Atlanta. All right. Okay. Speaking of Atlanta. Big win for them, 27-25 over New Orleans. Great, great comeback win for them. And I was thinking, is Cordero Patterson the best free agent signing by any team this past offseason? <laughs> I mean, he had such a huge catch on their game-winning drive. Mm-hmm. He's been, he's, I've never seen a guy play two positions like this. It's amazing. Uh, but anyway, we don't have to talk about that now. What's our believe it or not for Atlanta and New Orleans? Uh, believe it or not, both Matt Ryan and Russell Gage are startable in Week 10. They are facing the Cowboys on the road. Uh, I think they I, Gage I'm going to have a hard time with. Ryan is a streamable quarterback. Is You're not going to put Diggs on Gage. No. So I don't think he has to worry about that. Diggs got beat by Tim Patrick. Yeah, maybe they will did. put him on Gage. <laughs> I no, I, I don't cover, know. If, cover I don't know if the aura of being a great corner is appropriate for Trevon Diggs anymore. I, I I'm going to go back to what I said last week. I think he's Marcus Peters, who gets beat all the time, but mm-hmm. also gets eight to ten picks a year. It seems like. Right. So right. sometimes uh, Pete Prisco said it today, and and while we were watching games, he's a gambler. So sometimes yes. he's going to look like a stud corner, and sometimes he's not. But I don't think quarterbacks are scared to go after him. Well, Teddy it doesn't matter not because scared to go after him. Gage is not going to get him. Uh, but I, I mean, I can't oh. ignore how bad Gage was last week. I'm, I, I he would, was right. dinged up last week, right? Didn't he get I, dinged I up remember. last week? I think so. Sure, why not? I don't remember. There was <laughs> no love for Alameda right. Zacchaeus. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. In you want you want another one here? Another believe it or not? Sure. Okay, we'll go to the Saints. Believe it or not, Mark Ingram is uh, flexible. Mm, I don't believe it. 
I don't think he's going to have five receptions on a regular basis. He barely had five receptions in games Ooh, when he uh, was Forget in that one. I have a better one. I have a better one. Believe it or not, hmm. now Taysom Hill is a good waiver wire pickup. He's not that. You shouldn't have to use a waiver wire pickup on a guy that's a backup quarterback and his coach isn't going to tell you he's starting until Saturday night. But I don't think you should drop him. And I do think the Saints should start him. I don't know if Simeon did enough to lose the job. I didn't really right. watch it. He did I enough agree. in the first half. I, I thought they'd come out to Hill in the second half, but Simeon was better in the second half. All right, let's go on to Cleveland 41. Any, oh, sorry, real quick. Uh, Adam Troutman getting seven targets. Does that move the needle for you at all? No, that just puts him in the range of Cole Komet. All right. Cleveland 41, Cincinnati 16. Uh, believe it or not, Jarvis Landry is not actually going to be good without Beckham. Don't believe it. I don't know. <laughs> There's going to be better game scripts ahead for Cleveland. They he was kind of mediocre at times last year, game. right? Like he did he have had a eleven, he had at least eleven PPR points in eight of his last eleven games. Without we were just Beckham. jumping all over Mike Davis's case for scoring eleven to twelve PPR points every week. Right, but that's a number two running back that we're framing him as. Landry, I don't think we're going to say is a number two fantasy receiver. Okay. He's a flex in PPR. Not even half PPR. <laughs> so so I think you believe Definitely it. Definitely not non-PPR. <laughs> I, th- I think that means you believe it. Yeah. Well, I, the PPR. well when you look at his, his games last year, his you know his 16-game pace based on those last five or six regular season games for Jarvis Landry, it's a pretty good 16-game pace. It's like 100 catches, 1,100 yards. more than five or six games. Uh, yeah, was, uh, right. We're so, just so randomly this is, choosing no, his no, best no, five or six no, games. No, listen. This is everybody says this. Not just, a lot of people know. It was, remember, they had that stretch of bad weather games. So if you go after the bad weather games, you look at you want to make the best case possible for Jarvis Landry, you get this great 16-game pace. But what you'd really get is one game where he had like 150 yards. I don't remember off the top of my head. And then most games, he's 50 to 60 yards. What he did give you consistently was five catches a game. So he gave you this look PPR floor, an occasional touchdown. Um, they also used him kind of creatively. on this In this game, they gave him a handoff, and then he ran the option, and he threw a terrible pitch that lost yards. But Probably shouldn't do that again. Yeah, but uh, I think, to me, he, he felt like a... A five for sixty kind of guy on most weeks, and you hope he scores. It's occasional big game, um, but that's uh, Jarvis Landry or Hunter Renfro. Renfro, big time. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's see what we got here for this game. I mean, this game's pretty interesting. We should probably stay on it here. Nick Chubb is amazing. Um, Burrow, are we cool with just kind of shake it off? Bad game. Yes. Okay. And. Jamar Chase. We, we saw Higgins drop a big pass in the game. Chase dropped a big deep throw in the game. Yeah. That might have gone for a touchdown. It was it was a tough throw for him to reel in, but he, he got a, a step on his man. Ball hit him in the hands. It probably should have caught it. Yeah, he had a he had a rough game, but he had 13 targets. That's nine or more targets in five of his last six games for Jamar Chase. So I think it's that's pretty damn good. What do we make of T. Higgins? 78 yards, six catches, eight targets, coming off a game with 97 yards on six targets. Um, he scored in weeks one and two. He has not scored since, th- since then. Dave, what do you make of T. Higgins? I would put him in whatever category is a step up from Jarvis Landry. Exactly. His, his, his PPR 
floor seems to be closer to 13 than 11. And two of the last three games, at least eight targets. I think that Burrow does like throwing to him. I think he realizes that defenses are trying to clamp down on Chase, and Higgins is his next best guy. And I'm sure they fancy him as what he is, which is a physical outside type of receiver who's supposed to win contested catch balls, but he just doesn't win enough of them for as as much work as he gets. But I don't think they're going to go away from him. I think he's a pretty safe number three receiver who during the bye weeks you could use as a number two. Miami 17, Houston 9. You should bench all of your Dolphins on Thursday night against the Ravens. We're not expecting Tua to play? I think right now, I I don't imagine we're going to rank him. I, I don't think so either. That's not usually how our protocol works. I'm still interested in starting Gasicki and Waddle. Mm, probably not Gaskin. Gaskin had 26 touches. <laughs> 26 Gaskin, touches. And it's in a season high in snap percentage. Played the most, got a ton of work, really farted it away. I was really worried when he fumbled that they were just going to bench him again. I'm glad they didn't. Which tells you what you need to know about Savan Ahmed as a possible stash guy. Gaskin has an incredibly valuable role right now. Um, it was amazing that he, against a team that I believe was allowing the most yards per carry to running backs, rushed 20 times for 34 yards. That's alarming. Okay. You hope that maybe well, that's, Tua could help him that's with his that. offensive line. Yeah. I know, but he was he was having a fairly efficient year, but this was bad. Uh, okay, this was a terrible game to watch. Imagine being it was like almost it. as bad as the Chiefs and Packers. No, no, no. You'd <laughs> rather watch Chiefs and Packers than a <laughs> stop show. No, because with no. the Dolphins and the Texans, you can kind of embrace the suck, right? Like you know that these guys are not very good, and that they're going to do silly things, and you just kind of giggle about it. <laughs> with the Chiefs and the Packers, it's like you got Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, and remember what those guys used to be like. Do you want a Texans running back? No, no. Do you're on a bye this week, right? Uh, yes. Do you no, feel? Yeah, believe it or not, Brandon Cooks on a is the only Texan to be held over the bye. Yeah, I believe it. But how do you feel about Brandon Cooks? Six catches, fifty-six yards on thirteen targets. He's in the T. Higgins group ahead of the Jarvis Landry group. All right. Giants twenty-three, Raiders sixteen. I just talked about Hunter Renfro, but I want to do it again. So believe it or not, Hunter Renfro is a top twenty-four wide receiver in PPR rest of season. I don't believe it. I think he's right in the T. Higgins range, that 13 PPR point range. Yeah, but I, I didn't um, I didn't protest when you said this, but I don't think the T. Higgins floor, like if you had said Hunter Renfro's floor seems to be around 12 or 13 PPR points, I would mm-hmm. have believed that because he does that almost every week. T. Higgins has shown us a, a quite a bit lower floor more often than Renfro has. Sure, but not lately. Lately, he's been getting either really, really impressive target volume or doing good on limited target volume. That's what happened two games ago for Higgins. Yeah, I think he's going to be top 30. Yeah, yeah, I think it's three to two now. I I think he's going to be top 30, close to top 24. Mm -hmm. I will name 29 wide receivers that I like better than Hunter Renfro right now. Ready? Uh, Renfro or Waddle? Wow. Hmm. (laughs) What's the difference? 
<laughs> What's the difference? Ben, do you have your microphone? Or no? I have my laptop. Oh, okay, okay, that's fine. What's the difference between Waddle and Renfro? Good question. You guys answer. Um, I think Renfro's a little bit more consistent. Waddle has a little more upside. Um, right now, Renfro's quarterback situation is a lot better. Sure, but once Tua comes back, then I think we can say well, that but, they're closer. But I'm we gonna, don't I'm gonna have say a cars better. We don't have a great deal. I don't have a great deal of confidence that once Tua comes back, he will just start the rest of the Dolphins games the rest of the year. You don't? Why? Ooh, if he does, if he doesn't, then his career is in big trouble. I this is nothing. I mean, it's like, maybe anyway. it's all dumb luck. But the guy has gotten hurt, oh, and, hurt and hurt and hurt. Uh, you're not saying they're going to bench him. No, I do not yeah. think they will bench him. Yeah. But hey, but listen, I'm Will, will Fuller right. and Devontae Parker are going to be back any minute, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about any minute. They'll be back. Well, Parker won't be back for two yeah, more two games. Two more games for him. Fuller, who the hell knows when he's going to come back? Waddle still is just stuck in this in, in the same role that Renfro has been in, but at least Renfro should give you a little more consistency. There will be more 20-point PPR weeks for Waddle than there will be for Renfro. But I think I'll take Renfro anyway. All right, guys, last one. I know I can count on him. Last one here. Uh, believe it or not, Saquon Barkley is the only giant you need to hang on to during their bye. Need to, yes, I believe that. I'd like to hold on to a couple of wide receivers, but I don't need to. Would you hold on to Graham Gano? <laughs> Gano. No doubt about it. All right, Baltimore 34, <laughs> Minnesota 31. What about Devontae Booker? Would you, oh, yeah, you Devontae I guess it'd probably be, probably be kind of silly to drop Devontae Booker. Saquon right, Barkley is going to be back any minute. Yeah, he'll be healthy when he comes back. He's not, <laughs> right. not going to have any more injuries. <laughs> All right, Baltimore 34, Minnesota 31. The Ravens had the ball for 46 minutes and four seconds. Remember, this game went to overtime, almost a full overtime. But Minnesota had the ball for just 2340. Uh all right, what do we got for this game? Baltimore, Minnesota. Um, believe it or not, well, I was gonna just want to be Freeman, but we already did that. So believe it or not, Rashad Bateman is going to be a uh a thing rest of season. I think he'll be a thing. I think he I, I don't think he'll be in the T Higgins range of things. Eventually Sammy Watkins will come back and that could put a little bit of a cap on Bateman, but he's still making some nice plays. Would you rather have a Rashad Bateman or Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk. Ayuk. Rashad Bateman or Peoples Jones? Bateman. Oh, if I could get an Adrian Peterson touchdown right now, what I would do <laughs> for an Adrian Peterson touchdown. What would you right do, Heath? What would you do? Lots of things. <laughs> Game one. Will you do the Macarena? I don't think I know the Macarena. Very difficult dance. I'll I'll teach it to you someday. I I have no <laughs> doubt that you know the Macarena. I believe I, it's not even hard for me to envision you doing the Macarena. I would do it this morning. You are the best Macarena dancer at CBS Sports. We could send you a video on how to do the Macarena, and you could watch it for about 30 seconds and know how to do the Macarena. I need you to commit to doing the Macarena. Oh, never mind. Dang it. Oh, Jeff. that was crushing. 
That was crushing. Yeah, yeah. All right, so back to, back to Ryan business. Tannehill in the league where I needed the touchdown. Back to business here. Uh, Justin Jefferson is interesting. He caught a 50-yard touchdown, but he only had 69 yards on five targets. Uh, so that's after a 21-yard gain. A game, sorry, against the uh, <clears throat> Cowboys. So for Jefferson, obviously no one's going to sit him, really, but do you still view him as a stud wide receiver? Yeah, I still view him as a top 12 type of fantasy wideout. <laughs> I still view him that way. I'm not sure that he actually deserves that based on this year, but he's young and he was so awesome last year that I think we should give him a little slack. Yeah, I, you know, the big plays had really been way down this year, but he got one today. That's all he had nice. in this game, basically. Yeah. And Cousins only threw 28 passes. And Cousins, he scored 25 fantasy points, but didn't exactly light it up. Uh, on the other end, Lamar Jackson with his third game of the year with multiple touchdowns, 36 points. This is kind of what we were talking about, where things have just been going so, uh, with such bad luck for Lamar Jackson, it just felt like he has these big blow-up games in his future, and he gave, gave you one today. Here's the interesting thing on Marquise Brown. Tell me if this matters to you. Huge game, nine catches, 116 yards, 12 targets, 60 yards in overtime. So if this game had ended... In regulation, you would have been talking five catches for 56 yards. Uh, does that matter? I like the fact that when it really mattered, that's where Lamar went. Ooh, mm -hmm. Henderson left with an ankle injury. All right, well, Sonny Michelle. Hope, hope you didn't drop Sonny Michelle. Uh, it, does that matter to you, though, at all? Uh, that, like, is that a bad thing or is it just fine? No, no problem, Bob. I'm fine. I'm if Debo Samuel is the number one sell high wide receiver, Brown might be number two. Oh, interesting. Might be. Why? Because this is still a quarterback in Lamar. Listen, Lamar did not start off this game well, if you ask me. Um, uh, he, he, he threw the one touchdown to Bonte <laughs> Freeman. Yeah, I know. He's getting upset. He's got 386 total yards and three touchdowns, and we're going to critique his performance. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it was a it, slow start. but part of the game, I was nervous okay. about him. But that's okay. He can't look what he did in the last part, you know? I mean, I, if I could finish my thought, I would have said, listen, he came through at the end, and he came through in overtime, and I think it's safe to call him, yes, Heath, a top five fantasy quarterback for the rest of the season. But I am a little concerned about what's going to happen to Marquise Brown when all the receivers are healthy and when they do eventually get what they want, whatever they can squeeze out of their run game. I think they did that today. Yeah. And then it took overtime for Hollywood Brown to have over 100 yards. To have over 60 yards. Well, okay, that's an interesting take. We, maybe we can explore that on Wednesday's show. Let's go to New England 24. I'm not to give him away. It's the same thing that I'll say about any player who's been good. Yeah. But there's definitely, if there's an opportunity to turn him into, off the top of my head, Justin Jefferson. I, I think, think that, I think that exists. Jefferson. That opportunity probably exists. I think Diggs is people. the one that probably that opportunity exists. I would love to do that too. All right, New England 24, Carolina 6. Stephon Gilmore revenge game, and he got an interception. All right, what he do we did. got here? Believe it or not, Damian Harris has a Ramondre Stevenson problem. Believe it. Uh, I was assuming that Stevenson's healthy. I know that Stevenson left. Assuming that Harris is healthy. It's true. So they both have problems beyond each other. I'd like to know this. I don't know the breakdown. Do you? How many carries did they I've each have when Stevenson got hurt? I've got playing time. Uh, give me one second. No, no, when Harris time. got hurt. I'm sorry, when Harris got hurt. 
Because it seemed I've like he was dominating. Time before Stevenson got hurt in the fourth quarter. That's no, but I, I need before Harris got hurt. Because Harris got hurt first. I'm pretty sure. I I could try and figure it out, but it'll take me a little while. All right. Well, I think it's interesting. I think Brandon Bolin has a Ramondre Stevenson problem because when Stevenson plays, Bolden has basically no catches when he doesn't play. Oh, Ben Schrager's telling me that Harris got hurt after Stevenson. So Dave Bolden had yeah, and Bolden had the same number of catches as Stevenson in this game. Yeah, but he they both had two. But you know, when he when Stevenson doesn't play, you get like six catches out of Bolden. Uh, Dave, so give me your numbers here because Schrager said Harris got hurt after Stevenson. So what was the snaps? Right. I wasn't hundred percent with what you were saying. So before Stevenson got hurt in the fourth quarter and um, Harris also got hurt in the fourth quarter, Bolden had 40% of the snaps. Harris had 40% of the snaps. Stevenson had 36% of the snaps. Remember that Bolden can sometimes line up in addition to one of the other running backs. Uh, Two of the three snaps that the Patriots had from 10 yards or closer to the goal line went to Damian Harris. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Stevenson is interesting. I think he's in it. He's, you know, Regardless of the health of Harris, he's 26% rostered, probably someone to look at again. Oh, be inactive next week, I'm sure. Let's go to the Panthers. Buy or sell, believe it or not, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a superstar for fantasy going forward. Yes, I believe it. He will be fine. Wait, let me uh, let me do a different one. Hold on. Christian McCaffrey like- is the number one running back rest of season. No. No, I do not believe that. He will not be that fine. Who is Derrick Henry? No, stupid. <laughs> Who is Zeke? I no. would say it's Taylor. Jonathan Taylor would be up there. I think Jonathan Taylor would probably be the one. Um, Najee will probably be up there. Zeke won't be up there. I mean, you know who the number? I, th- I believe the number three fantasy running back in fantasy for the season is Joe Mixon. Wow, he could be close to it, Scoring but he won't lot. be the one. Okay. Neither were Daryl Patterson, despite how good you got to tell me. So you're taking Taylor one over McCaffrey. I think if we're doing a rest of season draft, he would be the one. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not sure if he would be the one in 2022. I don't know if he's the 101. Chargers 27, Eagles 24. Believe it or not, Jalen Hurts is not a starting fantasy quarterback. He's in the he's a starting quarterback unless you can find a option that you're willing to take a chance with off the waiver wire. So not a must start fantasy quarterback. I do not believe he is a must start fantasy quarterback. I'll have to decide between him and Derek Carr going forward. And I think that I think that the, so the last two weeks have been a little unlucky for him because they just keep handing off near the goal line and it's starting to really piss me off. Uh, but also 31 pass attempts in his last two games. So the fact that he gave you 18 points today because he rushes so much, all you need is a respectable passing performance. I'm probably I'm probably going to stick with him over Carr. But that'll get you 20. It's not going to get you to the 25 yeah. to 30 range. It might. I mean, look, so okay. Carr is actually an interesting comparison because Carr gets off to this great start to the season. Looks like a true breakout. Then weeks... What do we just have week nine? I want to say weeks uh, six and seven. He was really bad. Well, they had a bye. It's a, five and six, he was bad. Week eight, he comes back. He has a huge game. And then week nine, he mm-hmm. sort of struggles after the rugs situation. So, I don't know. I try not to live and die by each week. 
with so I don't know. I just feel like if you can get a decent amount of pass volume plus the rush volume, you'll probably get a start worthy game from Jalen Hurts. So I will I not believe it. All right, good. It took me 30 minutes to get to that point. <sighs> okay, let's go to let's go to the Chargers. Believe it or not, Mike Williams is a sit. Ooh. Yeah. This was actually one from the article. Believe it or not, Mike Williams is a boomer bust flex like he always was. I'm ready to believe it. Yeah. It's really Target sucks. volume hasn't been there. Does he really have a knee issue? I know Charles Davis said it on the broadcast. That's would he lie? Would he lie? No. Exactly. No, he would not lie. He's a CBS You guy. would. I would never. Yeah. All right. Arizona 31, San Francisco 17. Technically, every Azer stat is a lie. I bet a lot of money on this. I, I bet uh, $2,000 on Arizona. I I lie. That's a lie. I'm just lying. I never buy. I don't bet. No. Believe it or not, James <laughs> Conner is a top 12 running back for as long as Chase Edmonds is out. Hell yeah. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just so everybody knows, I was lying about the betting. I just was trying to think of a lie, and that was the only thing I could think of. Uh, so yeah, let's man. just say, I, I want to do this then, because that seemed to be the response on Twitter as well. I want to say, hypothetically, Chase Edmonds is out for the year. James Conner is RB what? 10 to 12? Yeah, yeah, 10 to 12. That's, I'm that not seems really like the same thing, but uh, you don't get I'm challenged not- on <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not going to put him ahead of Joe Mixon. Not Aaron Jones? Put him ahead of guys like Zeke. And, no, I think I'd rather have Jones. Of course, rather have Jones. I think I'm, I think he's going to be pretty close to there. I've got the list of, of running backs here, okay? Let's go. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Mixon, Aaron Jones, Kamara, Daryl Henderson, we'll put an asterisk on because he just left with an injury, um, Zeke, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Damian Harris, yeah, Le- Leonard Fournette, here we are. James yeah. Robinson. Wait, there are no wait. There are others. Hold on, hold on. There's Nick Chubb is still here. Uh, Dalvin before. Cook is still there. But that's it. I mean, you're probably going to take him ahead of Josh. Oh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, McCaffrey. He's not a top twelve running back. I don't think we named list. twelve. I don't think we named twelve. Henderson's back in for the Rams. Very close. We very close to naming twelve. But I think he'd be. Would he's you? Robinson would you take Daryl Henderson is a good one. Daryl Henderson or Connor, if if uh, for Henderson. as long as Edmonds out. Henderson. Henderson. All right, Fournette. And uh, Connor. I think I'd go Connor as well. Okay. Man, I got so much Edmonds because I was like, Connor's gonna get hurt. Edmonds is gonna be great when Connor gets hurt. And yeah, that's oh, well, and that is something that is definitely possible if James Connor is gonna continue to get this much work. That's what happened in Pittsburgh. It, was that he wore down pretty quickly. And in Arizona, he wasn't getting that type of work from game to game. And they actually kind of salted the game away with uh, a different running back. You know Benjamin. You know Benjamin, yeah. Sorry. But he had nine carries for 39 yards and a touchdown and was used late. Okay, it anyway. Might be, if, if, if let's just say Chase Edmonds is out for the year, I, I think James Conner would clearly be the lead back and see a good majority. Would he get to 70% of the snaps week in and week out? I'm not sure. He might be living in that 60 to 65% range, which is still really good. And well, let's hope still Ed, be their Edmonds goal. is back. We want Edmonds back. Now, uh, on the other side of the ball, Eli Mitchell. 
started in only 62% of leagues. You can understand the hesitation. Do you think that Eli Mitchell is a must-start running back going forward, or, or will be rest yeah. of season at least? Yes. Said it all week. He's their guy in San Francisco. All right. I don't think he's a must-start running back. I'm not sure I'm going to want to start him next week against the Rams. Okay, well, we'll see how Adrian Peterson does. Kansas City 13, Green Bay 7, our last game. Yeah, my believe it or not for this one was that Patrick Mahomes is the top 12 quarterback. It's hard to take anything, or a must-start quarterback. It's hard to take anything from the Packers, but I got this one from a couple people on Twitter, so I'm going to say it. This is not me saying it. Wait, I know what it's going to be. Can I guess? You know what it is. Go ahead. A.J. Dillon is better than Aaron Jones? A.J. Dillon is better than Aaron Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, don't believe it. Dylan's fun though. I mean, this is this is part of what he gives the Packers offense is that tough physical presence. He's underrated as a pass catcher. And he he would also turn into a running back that would be not a top 12 running back rest of season, but maybe top 15, top 18 if uh if Aaron Jones were uh, Oh, excuse me. Are you kidding me? He could be top 5 if Aaron Jones were out. He would be I would. I swear he's top five. If I would call him top five, if Aaron Jones were out, and I hope I, I never have to really feel about him, then you should try and trade for him every league. Like why? Um, why? Bonus, believe it or not, the Titans are actually the best team in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> they are kicking the crap out of the fourteen-three right now. Um, really, you don't think so? You're willing to say James Conner would be better without Edmonds than Dylan would be without? Maybe Jones. not. Maybe not. But. He'd be he would be close to where we were going to place Connor. He'd probably be a little bit ahead of Connor. the thing for me that see it cinches it is that I believe Kylan Hill's on IR, right? Yeah. I don't um, know if that means that he can't come back. No, but if we got three games of AJ Dillon with no AJ Dillon with no Aaron Jones is better than Aaron Jones right. with AJ Dillon. Fine, but there's also not going to be this scenario isn't real right now because yeah. Aaron Jones is healthy. This week has sucked hey, so Edmonds, bad. We're talking about it with Connor because Edmonds is hurt. Well, I would this, rather talk about things that are not real. This week honest. has sucked so bad that we, we are just we're playing talking about fantasy football yeah. every day for an hour. <laughs> this is real fantasy football. Like this is actual fantasies. Um, all right, that's that's all I got. What? No, I mean it's like it's a fantasy. <laughs> it, it's not real. The, we don't we're know Chase Edmonds out for the year. We're, Aaron Jones isn't even injured, and that's all we're talking about. We talked enough about the Chiefs. I'd say. So uh, I thought it was interesting that Daryl Williams absolutely dominated touches. Derek Gore had three carries, and Williams had 19 my, of them. My 12-year-old was so mad because he thought Derek Gore, Gore was going to have a big game, and he kept yelling at the Chiefs to give Derek Gore the ball. <laughs> oh. All right, everybody. Thanks. It's been a fun show. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a Monday episode for you to recap Sunday Night Football and some, some advanced stats and things like that with Chris Towers and Jacob Gibbs. For Dave and Heath and Chris Tower and uh, Ben Trager, pardon me. I'm Adam. Have a great night, everybody. Well, sorry, <laughs> sorry Ben. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Spring training is in full swing, and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in Five, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.